Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, Nick and I sit down with Massimo Bruno. Massimo is an amazing chef. He, we actually went to his family-style restaurant in Liberty Village last Christmas for a big Rockstar holiday party. We're pretty known for our holiday parties here internally at Rockstar. They get a little crazy. And last year, we started at his restaurant and had the most amazing... I want to... I want to say it was 10 courses. It was just an incredible experience. He has an open kitchen and then just two huge tables where you sit around kind of the outside of his kitchen. You can watch everybody preparing the food. They come out and serve you. You can bring your own wine. You can get him to produ uh, pr produce. No, he probably wouldn't make the wine in front of you, but uh, to uh, have wine there. It's just a great experience. And we brought him on the show just to talk about everything that's going on in the restaurant industry right now, his life's journey to get him to do what he has been doing, how he's adapting through 2020 and now into 2021. We pitch an idea of what we think is a great idea to do some local Italian food tours here in the Toronto area. So if you're on board for that, let him know so that he knows there's demand for that kind of stuff. So just all around great guy. You can go to his website if you're listening to this and getting hungry. He's doing virtual dinner parties and things like that. You can go to Massimo Bruno.com. That's MassimoBruno.com. Check out all about him. Big fans of him. We'll link to that URL in the show notes of this episode. And if you are listening to this and you want to figure out what the heck is going on in the real estate market here in the GTA, in Ontario, in Canada, in the world, you can check out the next Your Life, Your Terms event at this URL. It's www.yourlifeyourtermsevent.com. We're going to do a complete brand new Rockstar economic update. I'm stumbling all around. Economic Reconomic update. It is a wreck. The economy is a wreck. It's a reconomic update. I think I start using that. We're going to do a reconomic update. And uh, so sorry, a rockstar economic update and um, a local market update on the real estate market here in the GTA and the Golden Horseshoe. We're bringing in Greg Foss, who's a 30 year veteran of the Canadian bond and credit markets to talk about why Canadians should be paying attention to that space. Our accountant is coming in to talk about the evolution of tax structures for Canadians, how to hold properties personally with one corp, multiple corps, why you would consider whole life insurance policies, why you should look at a family trust, perhaps the pros and cons of it doesn't make sense for everybody. So we're going to go through that and we're about to release another session. So stay tuned. You can buy tickets for that. But listen, if you're a Rockstar Inner Circle member, there's no need to buy tickets. You can already register. It's been open for some time. Reach out to the office. If you're not, we have some tickets available for non-Rockstar Inner Circle members. You can buy a ticket for that by going to yourlifeyourtermsevent.com. That's enough with the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Massimo Bruno. It's an honor to have you here because you make the best food that we've eaten. Oh, you know what? I'm feeling bad because we had Charleston on recently and he makes amazing food. That's too oh, Did you say he was the best? Now you're I saying Massimo's no, the best? Yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> 
Who is it? I know. Yeah, let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> let's get him. So Nick is here. Massimo's here. And I guess the reason I'm, I'm saying this is that we had our last year's Christmas party, not 2020, unfortunately, but 2019 at Massimo at your kitchen. Am I saying that right? If I say your kitchen? Yeah, no. Massimo Bruno Kitchen Studio, Massimo Bruno Supper Club. At, uh, but it's kind of Massimo Bruno's kitchen. That's, I feel like that, we're in your kitchen there. Yeah, that's, we, that's the concept. Yeah. yeah, you're cooking there. There's a big table. We brought the whole Rockstar team in. Everybody was eating every course and just freaking yeah, it was great. out it was like great. the pasta I'm not even a big I don't eat pasta like I, do, I basically don't eat pasta but your pasta was I don't know how you say it, like the al dente or whatever the way it was cooked so perfectly I think it's the it's I think it's the flavor and sorry I didn't want to interrupt but also it's uh, the experience as well that make people taste the food better so that's I'll, what it Sorry to interrupt everybody. I was saying that's what the feedback we got from the team was like. The food was excellent. Just the whole thing was was great because it's different. The restaurant it's just it's different than going to a restaurant. Restaurants are all different, but this is just even different from all restaurants completely, right? Because it's more of like a just a social setting, just for the private for the group, right? So everyone understands. Can you describe the setup? So just to, uh, describe the setup of what I have or what I started, which was the Massimo Bruno uh, Supper Club uh, started uh, May. 2006 so wow long, long time maybe 2006. We're, not, we're not getting any younger massimo nah, no <laughs> no it's a, it's good to know that's been running for that long but uh, uh what i actually wanted to recreate was this was create my mom's family table so the concept by himself was like actually simple i said that i don't want to go just for a restaurant order from a menu i just want to sit and be taken care of and i don't want to even order from the menu i want just like and you know tanya we don't eat one or two courses it was many courses so the idea was really sharing experience there around the table for more than an hour, like two, three, four hours over a meal and serve the Italian style. So the appetizers, you have, you have a break, you have your pasta, they have a break and then your main course. And then the idea was also family style it was also a way to share the experience. When you do a, a family style, there's always up and can you please pass me that plate? I know now the family style doesn't sound as a, exotic <laughs> this time but we we always did the, in a way the family style was instead of big platter little dishes almost like a tapa so you get to try different kinds of food so so started from um, i wouldn't say like a joke i started when uh, um, was my first trip to my uh, uh, puglia because i also do tours in the southern part of italy so i was taking a group there but I also was... P- Puglia is in the south of Italy? Puglia, yeah. Southeast of Italy. Cross huh. street to Greece, I guess, Albania. And uh, so if Italy looks like a boot, it's the heel of the boot with a spur. And uh, and so I wanted to show people like how we have a meals in Puglia. So I wanted to show like it was my mom's meal. So that, that dinner went really well. And then uh, since then, then... I started doing more than one. People really get interested. And then my wife was like, okay, that's a great passion. And she started making some money by doing this. <laughs> <laughs> enough of this. Yeah, enough yeah. of this nonsense. What are you doing? Make our family some money. You can't blame her. You can't blame her. Okay, so that that's where the idea was born. What do you do? The, and the food tours, what are you what are you going to taste the different... Uh, the, sorry, the tours, they are food tours, correct? You know what? Uh, Every Italian tours, I think, is a food tours because one of the main reasons sometimes you go in Italy it's art history, but food plays such an important role. So, so they're food tours because, uh, of course, we always like three meals a day. We do cooking classes, but you're in Italy too as well. So we do. There are small groups, 
so 12 to 16 people uh, take them around we usually stay in small place so it's kind of more intimate so we don't stay in big hotels usually it's a family farm that we rent and from there we have a daily trip but again it's really to to get something more personal and we usually finish the tours at my mom's for Nice big <laughs> nice. real supper club. Are, and are you are you still doing those two? Like I know now with travel, I just mean in general, are those still run? I actually yes, and probably in future I'll be interested to do more. So this year was, I planned I was supposed to go in uh, Sicily, but we just switched to next year. So we'll hope we'll be able like to make it. But next year being twenty twenty two. Uh, actually, later no, this year. Oh, you know, I, we're 2021. I forgot. Yes, yeah, okay. this year. Later this year. Okay. In the fall. Okay, awesome. Got so it. When, when, I'm just curious, for, for someone like yourself, when, either when you go to Italy or when you're cooking here, I've always been curious about what percentage, if you had to if you had to assign a percentage to it, of, of making a dish, kind of the quality that you want or something that you're proud of, does does do quality ingredients come from versus putting the right ingredients together with, with for, for the flavor? Do you know what I mean? Because I think the quality ingredients got to be a good chunk of it. And if you don't get those, you're kind of starting from behind. I have to say... Uh, I have like some positive news in that way. In a way, when I, I came in Canada in 2001, right, uh, September 2001, and so since then I remember like the quality of the ingredients being Canada. A lot of ingredients was really hard to find good quality. In really almost like 20 years, there's been a big change. So I would say at that time, talking about the percent, maybe it would have been a 40 percent here. Now I think we're around 70, 80, like better. So we can get good stuff here now. We can get good stuff. And I, to be honest, I think the, the even uh, Ontario agriculture farming, like from the tomatoes, really they improved a lot, like in terms of the flavor. Uh, when I came here, just an example, um, I remember a tomato used to be like a beefsteak tomato just for the, uh, it was even hard to find cherry tomato or even uh, cocktail tomatoes. Now they're, there now you can find the the flavor actually almost uh, uh, almost the same of course there's always a difference if you grow vegetable in your backyard there's a, there are some ingredients like the soil and the sun that is mediterranean flavor that you cannot recreate but said that i think the percent it's pretty good now so we and we able to get import even making here some really good italian product like even burrata cheese, an example. Well, my wife said uh, we had one in Venice. I remember let's still we still talk about it. I think was I guess it wasn't last year. Now it was two years ago. We were in Venice for a few days on the way home from Croatia, and we stopped at a place. And the guy's like, "Oh, do you want?" As he's leaving, he took our our order. He's like, "Oh, you want some bruschetta with that?" Or however he said it. We're like, "Oh yeah, sure, of course. We're in Venice. Let's get it." And it comes. The guy didn't tell us of this beautiful burrata cheese with the bruschettas on it. It was like a surprise to us, and she loves it. And yeah, we just cut it open. It was just this heavenly thing that she uh, she's she it's always a, always about that. It's a heaven. Like uh, it became really popular in the last five years, ten years, but five years more here in Canada. But an example. That's one ingredient that comes from Italy. Excellent. In Italy, we eat actually the same day they make it. But a lot of time when you buy here, I always say pay attention. Sometimes you have a, like Italian burrata which is still fresh, it's not expired, but we don't know when it was made. And sometimes it's still not expired, but maybe it's a couple of weeks old. So, But uh, in Canada, there's a place now that makes great burrata. Actually, after this, I'm going to go and uh, check them out, buy fresh burrata. It's a place called... Say the name, yeah. yeah is quali- it? It's called Quality Cheese. It's in Woodbridge, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, no surprise. That, you know, instead of flying nine hours, you can just drive like 20 minutes. My brother-in-law lives up in Maple. He's Italian. Yeah. And he's whenever I go visit him, there's always 10 Italian restaurants everywhere you turn to go eat. When he comes here to Oakville, there are some Italian restaurants, but v- compared to Woodbridge, hardly any. 
It's a, he's running. We're running into veal sandwiches up in Woodbridge. Everywhere we turn, there's a veal sandwich some, somewhere going on. But uh, if yeah. if you like to have a, you know, I like Italian ingredients, but they make it like fresh daily, and uh, and uh, so and the quality is really good because I always say, I say, but it's not like it. I know, but when you get it, it's really fresh, so it's still probably better than the one you probably get from Italy. So it's really about the freshness. Those cheese, it's about the freshness. What other what other ingredients are you sourcing now here in Canada? Like I'm just trying to think. So like, what about pastas? What are you, are you getting your are you getting pasta from here? You get you get really good pasta. Like pretty much all the best brands are represented here in Canada. And when you make fresh pasta, most of the time I make you make your own fresh mm-hmm. pasta. And so, you can get the right wheat that you want to use. Absolutely. Actually, a lot of Italian wheat it's Canadian. <laughs> So I make this joke like Neapolitan pizza, right? So it's funny because we, most of the 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 flowers sometimes use even for pasta, the semolina, or even to make the Neapolitan pizza, which they use this uh, flour called double zero. Yeah, that's right. So one part is Italian, and most of it usually they call American, or even they call La Manitoba. The no way. So in Italy, the, it's funny because when I tell, I remember once I asked uh, like a Canadian, do you have Manitoba? I said, yeah, it's a yeah, five hours plane, flight away. Yeah. That's and funny. It sounds, it sounds better when you say it with Manitoba. Italian accent though. Yeah. So Manitoba is actually the pretty much our bread flour here, but in Italy it's used in a lot of ingredients. So do you know the Italian uh, uh, panettone, the sweet bread? So that's made with Manitoba, they call it. So because, and a lot of the bread, because there's a lot of gluten, so it's really strong and rice well. And sometimes it's used to make also some of the Canadian flour to make pizza because it's strong. So when you flip the pizza, it doesn't break. If it would be under percent Italian wheat, probably would be too weak and maybe the dough would break. So it's, so the ingredients, when you talk about the flour and the wheat, it's a... Because the Italian wheat is just not as strong. Le- is that, that mean it has It's less a less strong, but also we don't produce enough for our own consumption. So Italian is one of the biggest exporter of pasta. So we need to make a lot of pasta. So we need help in a way, in term, even with olive oil, we export a lot, but we don't produce enough for our own consumption. So now I- in Italy... Uh, sorry, on, on the olive oil, I was going to ask you about, uh, about that since you brought it up. Because we've heard that there's a lot of fake olive oil that comes out from Italy as well. Or cut, right? yeah, it's cut. Or cut, sorry, yeah. yeah. Absolutely true. In a way that uh, because of, of that, Italians known as a good olive oil, a good exporter. So we do have the brand. So just to give an idea about olive oil, the biggest producer in the world is Spain. And uh, Italy, uh, Greek is the second, I think Italy is the third. But... Uh, we sell a lot, but the idea when you buy a bottle of olive oil here, say product of Italy, that doesn't mean that the olives are from Italy. Sometimes means that, so we, we have a good brand, so we can put into a bottles, we get olives from Turkey, of uh, even uh, Morocco, Algeria, and sometimes we process in Italy and we sell it. So it's a good export, but sometimes it says product of Italy, but it's not Italian. I was at uh, Whole Foods and I ran into this Italian guy there and he was uh, doing the samples of the olive oil. And uh, because we always go to Croatia, we know real olive oil. Yeah. We know yeah. when you open the bottle of real olive oil. Croatian you, olive oil is excellent. It's, you immediately know. So yeah, when, when I was opening the bottles that you would get here at different grocery stores and smelling it, I go, 
Some, this isn't even olive oil. Like I don't even know what this. Sometimes you can is. look at it; it's so watery. It's, yeah, You're it's like, like this, this isn't so even olive oil. But but then I met this guy at Whole Foods, and I said, "Where can I buy good olive oil here?" Because we used to smuggle some olive oil back from Croatia into the country. Um, but you know that doesn't last you very long. So uh, so he said, "Hey, look, I got this brand here at Whole Foods. I don't even know the brand name now. I feel bad." But he said, "One way to to." to tell is if you look at the bottle and you see the address of the farm in Italy Mm. on the back of the bottle, you know, no farm is going to risk their name and reputation by putting their address of the Italian farm on the back. And that's one way to test. And so that's ever since I've been buying his, so they, they imported in and they sell it here at Whole Foods. I'm sure a couple of places, I I wish I knew the brand and it's excellent olive oil. And uh, one of the ways Nick and I test sometimes, and I don't know if this is a proper test or not. I've I've read, I've read back and forth. I know it fails. I know it fails, but it, it, but something tells me there's some validity. I I agree. There's something. You take a little olive oil, you put it in a shot glass, you put it in the fridge. And overnight, if you get it in the morning and it hasn't gotten like, uh, it hasn't uh, gelled as up, solidified, like, hasn't yeah. solidified, that it, there's something else cut into the olive oil. Oh, wow. And but, but once we got this one olive oil that I think we were convinced was 100% pure olive oil, and it did not do that. And it was different or olives. it took we longer. Thought. It took longer. And we thought it might have been different olives or something. Yeah. But in general, that test seems to work because if you take some of the olive oil off the shelf here that you get and you put it in the fridge. Yeah, for 10 it, bucks for like a you, three liter bin you, and you put that in, it just stays, it, it doesn't change. Yeah, it doesn't change at all. That's our own unscientific Massimo. So I, you, can, you can laugh at us. I, no, no, I, I have to try. Like I got to look into it. So. But honestly, I'm sure, someone like you, I'm sure just tasting it and smelling it, you kind of know. It's tasting it, but sometimes uh, also that is not enough. So uh, going back what you said about the bottles, when it tells you the address. So the, my, my suggestion is always this. If someone makes a good olive oil, wants to make sure that you know. So I want to give you as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. So when you buy a bottle of olive oil, a really good one, they even have the number on the bottle. Yeah. So I want to make sure, hey, this is good. I'm telling you what's inside. I want to give you a lot of information. That usually is a good sign of good olive oil. Second one is expiry date. And why I say that? The, the oil expires, yes, probably a couple of years, but usually a couple of years from when it's produced. So if you have one that expired next month, that's already probably a couple of years old. So you want, if you want to buy a good olive oil already now, we're 2000, you want something at the end of 2022 as an expiry day. That's a yeah, good that's tip. A good, no, that's I had a good no tip. idea. I don't, so but those are like really kind of a, and yeah. a dark bottles, no clear bottles. So because light and heat are the enemy. It does make sense that, that someone would, if, if you have a good product, you're going to want to put like say like look this is good and here I'm, I'm i'll put my stamp all over it to your point right you want to say this is good yeah circling back to the, the kitchen what about the um uh so when you started that were you was the what the location we came to this the you, you've been in the same location the whole time in liberty village there no actually my first original location was on king street in corktown so on uh close to Lesleville and uh, by the distillery so when uh, the area was completely desert at that time so this would have been 10 years ago. So I started by doing renting place, I do it from home. Then I was on King Street East. So it was a small loft. It was not a restaurant. So how long have you been in Liberty Village? Uh, Liberty Village are now uh, three years. Exactly three years. Oh, that's so. it. So the first time I came there must have been when you recently moved in because I came with, uh, Jason brought us you know, with a bunch of, uh, a group of people that we came but the there. The place is lived in, that's why. Like it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. it was already that, that way. And and uh, so it's, uh, there was already character and uh, 
The I, best thing, the, the one memory from, from when we were there as uh, for the team party was I walked in off the bus because I was like, okay, are, you, are you good to kind of, everyone's, everyone's already having a couple drinks. So I'm like, there's already energy going on here. I want to make sure that, you know, we're in a, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're already worried. Massimo's going to chase us out of this yeah, place. Yeah. You don't know these characters. So You're going to get us out of here. I walked in and I smelled, I guess it was the sauce that you were cooking. And yeah. I was like, I walked in and I'm like, it smells you like your grandma, like a grandmother's kitchen. That's what it was to yes. me. Like, this is amazing, right? And That's that, the biggest compliment that I usually I receive when people say, grandma, that means that pretty much for me it's i achieved what i wanted it's really that and if i could describe the place when you walk in because it's an older building so it's there's already character but then the kitchen is open concept and then there's these two uh, it's like an l shape that you can see how many people can you seat there total if you wanted to uh 60 72 like if uh, okay so yeah. 60 to 70 people max so it's it's a lot of seating yes. so when you go there with a big group and everybody's staring into the kitchen you guys and your team is, are putting the food out then you come and present the food out to the tables and put it down it's just like nick you're saying it's just like a wonderful experience and, and that was that the whole thing's by design so you must just be thrilled to be able to do that absolutely it's what i had in mind because it's the connection when you say grandmother's kitchen why is so important is the smell but also the connection mm -hmm. of the grandmother, which is the cook, with also the table. So you have that connection from the kitchen to the table. Lots of time, this is nothing to say, well, like you go to a restaurant, you don't know who cooked it. You don't have that direct uh, relationship. Or um, in, in this way, I, I think you have to really connect that soul to the table. So in that way, that's what I try to do, make the food. I try to transmit that energy to the table. So there's a, a really... I think it helps like the experience. I, I learned that from the grandmother. That's why many, many times you're Who somebody. Who is this grandmother? This is a grandmother in Pula? <laughs> oh, not from, I'm actually talking with all the many grandmothers. grandmothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. All but the many times yeah. you always heard that uh, where people say, oh, the best meal I had in my life. It was simple pasta with tomato. It was this nun in the kitchen. You know, they made this sauce. You're right, because I could never understand, like, what I would see a pizza that I would go to one of my friend's homes and their grandmother or mother would actually make this this plain pizza. And I'm like, guys, it's plain pizza. Like, I'm not going to eat that. Like, I like stuff on my pizza. Like, yeah, I'm, going to, I'm going to pizza pizza, man. Yeah. I'm going to pizza. Yeah, <laughs> two, or two for one. I was yeah, in high school. It was like, we ordered two for one. So, and then I would eat it. I'm like, well, how the heck can this thing, like, how the hell can this be so tasty, right? Oh, so, was, I, so uh, my brother-in-law's mom, she still cooks in the kitchen. And do, do you know what tarone is? Tarone of is course. Like, yeah, okay, oh. so I never knew what tarone was growing up. I didn't know what this thing was. So, but uh, every Christmas she would make it and she would deliver it through her, my brother-in-law. Tarone. Is that how you say it? Torrone. Torrone. And uh, it would come and it, it's uh, it's kind of like uh, egg whites, almonds, uh, hazel, almond flour, maybe not almond flour, hazelnuts are in it. Yeah. I don't know the ingredients. It's like a flat kind of cookie that, and, and when I got it delivered to me, it was soft and bendy and I would eat it and it would just like, the, the flavors would start exploding in my mouth and it would just melt in my mouth and I'm like, oh my gosh. This is, and she would peel the hazelnuts one by one. She peeled the hazelnuts, you know, and she'd make this whole thing and I gave it to Nick and Nick said, my old neighbor got some. This would have been Christmas. Because yeah, Christmas. Yeah, usually yeah, Christmas. that's when they yeah, make Christmas. it. So it was like the gift from the gods, right? This, 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 this. I've tried to buy like oh, yeah, so five is, other places. This is what I'm getting to. So then one year I go into Longo's and I go and I see it on the bakery counters. There's a big box, uh, like a, a clear box. And it's there's little pieces of it in there in the cellophane wrapper. I'm like, oh, you guys sell. And now I don't even know how to say it. Ter Ter torrone. Because, you know, I'm telling you, an Italian terrone. Yeah, what it's a mean? way, it's a slang where northern Italian people called southern Italian people. Oh, no people. way. 
It's oh, like... Wait, the, you're insulting people. Way to go, Tom. No, no, no. It's a way... No, I, do no. that, I do that regularly. Teronim so is like uh, Herfy from, uh, from the Herf, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, God, it's sorry. But sorry. there's also famous, like, uh, Italian restaurant from the Maze Daffy. No, no, no. It's actually, I thought it was uh, funny. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> so I buy this at Longo's. I rip it. Oh, I pay for it. I rip it. I'm so excited. I throw this piece into my mouth. I clamp down on it. It is like a rock. And now I say you probably broke a yeah. tooth. I almost <laughs> broke. I swear I almost broke my tooth. I, I was in shock. I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't even the same substance at all. Yeah. So going back to the grandmother and what you're doing, the quality, you could, you could think you're eating one thing. One piece of Italian food, but you're not really getting it unless it's made by someone like yourself. Some wine. And sometime also in the food, uh, this is a sound that as crazy as it is, like freshness. So when people come to my place, you have your party, you come. I cook the food for your pop, like I buy just for your party. So I don't have another party the day after is having the same menu. And so that makes a huge difference. It seems like... Of course, the food has to be fresh. Yes, of course. But in this case, like the food is gets bought from you and then used. So there is no recycle. In some, there's sometimes, and, and you think that's important just because there's more care put into the dishes because there's no you're not doing it every day or something like that. Yes, like you buy the food and sometimes we also buy the food like some vegetable and maybe we'll put in the fridge. And uh, I always say even the fridge takes away some of the the, the flavors away. So they're going to be there like for three days. So they can have some ingredients can be good. One so so you can put it in the garbage. But I don't want to. It's part of the business. We Everyone tries to do their best. But making. That's why many people sometimes ask me. What's the best restaurant? I always say like home. Yeah. And they look at me. It's like why? I said why? You go to the store. You buy the food. You see it. It's fresh. And you cook it. So I said it seems really crazy. Like that I say something like this. But sometimes. It's the truth. And also simple food, simplicity. I think making simple food, it's complicated. Many people think that, as you said, uh, the bruschetta, one of my favorite food, if someone asks me, it's actually a good piece of bread grilled with some tomatoes and olive oil. Yeah, because if, if you're getting good quality bread, tomatoes, and olive oil, it's, a, it's wonderful. It's and when I make it, I always say, Jesus, like, why didn't you think that yesterday? Like, it's, it's, it's on front of you most of the time, but we don't think it, so... I'm getting hungry. What but, about the, what about um, uh, beef and meat products here in Ontario? Are you because do you do lamb? Do you do lamb dishes yes, and stuff? Yes. Also. Okay. So uh, can you find? We must be able to produce decent lamb here. No. Yes. What about so? What about beef, lamb, chicken? All, all the how are we doing the, for that in Ontario? On the lamb, it's more particular in a way. If I have a party for myself, sometimes it's not a flavor that we want likes, so I make it yeah, as that's one true. of the dishes. Okay. But sometimes. Even uh, the lamb, uh, the lamb, if you can find the lamb that, like, you know, the farmer, an example, even from my own consumption at home, I have someone that grows lamb for me. So sometimes I have like two or three of them, but Ontario lamb is excellent, but depends also the time of the year. Usually around Easter time, that's when you get the best lamb in Ontario. That's when they're a little bit smaller and they're not as strong as a flavor. So around March, April. Huh. And is that something you had to learn here? Is that the same in Italy around that time or no? Also, because that's where uh, everyone prepares, because there's a big celebration. So there's a, a Italian or even a Greek community. In fact, I always say around that time, try to go either an Italian butcher or a Greek butcher. And uh, we don't like lamb where they're really big. So we like lamb where they're like more around 20, 25 pounds. Also, mm -hmm. the flavor is more delicate. 
it's better. Somewhere. We've had both too, because growing up, uh, when we would go to Croatia, they would always cook either goat, lamb, pig, pork, like a pig on a, you know, on a spit over a fire. And, uh, yeah, if you, you wanted to get the smaller ones and I didn't realize the smaller ones were for the taste of the meat. So yeah, they cost more because some people say, Oh, but even, yeah. even uh, the, the guy that grows the lamb for me, uh, the first time he gave me this lamb is like, I don't know, 45 pounds. I said, oh, in a time. Oh, <laughs> I was like, this is a mutton, right? Like, it's I like a, how it's you said, oh, was an Italian word. I said, oh, in, so, Ital- in Italian. I said, like, oh, you got to do it with a hand. Yeah, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone <laughs> hearing this, you don't know. He, he made the hand gesture when he said that. But he said to me, the first thing he said about, I know for 400, 450 dollars they charge me. It's like, well, I'm going to give you like a 20 pounds. I said, well, that's why it costs more. So I want 20 pounds. That's okay if it's for, if I have to pay for 450 dollars. But when I eat it, I want something that I like. Now, going back even to the beef, I think beef uh, quality in Canada is excellent. So I would say probably uh, generalize it even better than Italy. We, have, we also have to understand in particular the beef, the cattle, the breed. It comes more for, from the British culture. So I think it's, uh, it's uh, in, now in Italy in the last five, ten years, getting to know more of the beef. Oh, really? It's, uh, that's interesting because, uh, yeah, whenever I would travel through Italy before, you wouldn't see, you, you know, how here you see steaks and steakhouses. You wouldn't really see steak on the menu when you would go to Italy. There was never, and it always kind of confused me. And then later I realized, okay, you know what? They're not producing a lot of cows here. There's not even space to have a lot of cows around here. So it just kind of makes sense. You, you mentioned the the business of, you know, you're like in that business. And I, I, my understanding of, I guess, the restaurant business, and I know yours, yours is different, is it's just not an easy business, right? And the margins are tight and stuff. So in the last year with, you know, with all these changes and these lockdowns and stuff, what's what's been going on for you? Like how, yeah, I know you've adjusted. And I know there was, I know, because we had, I know we had something booked and then we pushed it a month. Because my wife, she said, as I was coming here, I was speaking to her, she's like, hey, tell him I'm still disappointed. We couldn't have my birthday there and I'd like to when we can. I'm like, don't worry, I'll let, I'll let him know, right? But uh, so I know we had to cancel. So what, uh, like, have, were you closed for almost the whole year, I guess, the kitchen, the supper club? Pretty much. I did my first event. My last event was March 15th. And then my first event was in September. In the summer, I don't usually use it. I used to do outside party. I used to uh, rent another space where I do outside supper clubs. So I've been doing that for like 11 years now. And uh, so, yes, I was closed. And uh, again, for two months, I took a break in a way that I was looking to have a little sabbatical. But this is something personal. So I say, hey, I'm taking advantage of this. And then uh, going uh, uh, forward, I said, like, I want some idea. Just come to me instead of chasing it and go into a fast takeout, fast catering. Because there was a request, but I was not too crazy about it. So the uh, uh, the way I changed it was like going virtual. So for me, that that business paid well, really well in terms of uh, what I did in the kitchen. People still want an experience. Of course, it's not the same thing, but I was able to deliver meals, 10 courses for 20, 30, 40, 50 people. You were delivering 10 courses? Yeah, so we, we I packaged them. It comes like, usually it's in couples. So orders of two. And so we have 10 courses. Everything, everything comes. Oh, because like you're delivering them to multiple houses or locations. Multiple houses. And then virtually connecting everybody. Exactly. So then uh, 7.30, I Zoom, I moderate the night. And uh, usually I have uh, 25 uh, connections, so 50 people. And uh, I did my first one was at uh, the end of April. So I went uh, end, uh, or the beginning of May. It went really well. So the concept really transformed well into the virtual, considering we were not able to be all together. But also I was... Uh, 
able to learn that there were a lot of people that haven't been out in restaurant in months. In the summer, my business transformed into like a lot of outside parties. So outside party was a very popular this summer. I spent a lot of the time in Muskoka doing some uh, personal chefing and uh, a lot of outside party in Toronto here and GTA. In September, uh, we kind of started again uh, regularly on a smaller scale, but so it was fun to go back to the studio. And then uh, was it half October, the end of October. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. So my business, talk about my business, I was able to adapt. Definitely was an intense and challenging year, so without a doubt. But uh, you go through a lot of emotions and uh, I think like every business, not just economically, even like. I'm what we were talking about before we started recording, just that you go through waves where you kind of think you're handling it and you're emotionally in a good space. And then maybe as something happens or a couple of days go by and you feel like a frustration building that you can't express. Because to me, your business is, a, uh, is an expression of who you are and your life's purpose. Like you're, you're doing something that you love. And if you, if you feel thwarted that you can't do that or suppressed in some capacity, you can get a little anxious or a little frustration, and it, if you don't take care of yourself, that can build and, and it can it can it can be nasty, uh, right? So I think we all go through waves, and we have to be careful. We have to be careful, and uh, I, I luckily I passed that wave. Like I went into waves, and uh, I always said like maybe I mean, my wife, she's a. Uh, life and executive coach that helps a lot in terms of uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that helps or you're getting my, coaching you're getting my, too much coaching yeah, that, you yeah. know my yeah. daughter yeah my daughter says like daddy it's really good to have a mom as like a, as a coach absolutely it's it's uh, so helped me a lot going through the years she also helped me in my business but also where did you meet your wife i met a actually the first restaurant that i work in toronto it was my hand restaurant called seven numbers and uh, so she, she I was serving at that time and uh, was just like straight from Italy with my tight pants. Yeah. That's, why, that's, like, that's what my, my wife remembers, like, you know, your pants arrived under your chest. Like, you know, it was really fashionable in Italy then. And uh, she came, set the table five and we had the colpo di fulmine. And he said, like, we just saw each other. It was a amore prima vista. No way. Love, love at first sight. And that's cool. So. You adjusted quick. I, I've, I've talked to, back to the... Um, the emotions of the stuff like I've, I know some other business owners who've you know they've had good times and then and then there's this sense of hopelessness sometimes too where they're just like you know what it, like if there's one more thing against me I'm just like I'm done I'm just I, I give up I, I can't I can't do it anymore and and you you can't argue with them you know like it just feels like every time you can you can take a step forward you take five it's not two steps back it's like five steps back sometimes so there's a definite Struggle. There's well, some local restaurants here, and we know the owners of them, and we're supporting them, and we've been doing takeout. And when we could start booking in, even at ten people, we were booking in and going there, and and just hearing their frustrations of getting some of their staff to come back, and, and, and work. And then you know the the one guy at the Greek place here in Oakville, just how many hours he's putting in because he couldn't get some of his team back, and just seeing everybody go through this kind of struggle to survive almost, and seeing the frustration on their faces, it's difficult for 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 all of us to to see that. It's it's very difficult and it's very subjective. Anyway, everyone has a different story. So sometimes you'll say just keep going, and sometimes it can be different. Someone. That uh, some of us I put my, myself a different some people access to I've made, ready to go through this year they went through some debt so they had to borrow money and so and then I can really understand they say okay this is if it was a one year things maybe it's gonna it's going to take another year so I was going to say also this year I think this year business wise I even hate to say that as 
I'm always optimistic. It might be even uh, uh, more challenging than last year because some of them made it easier, but easier it's uh, we just uh, we just don't know. Yeah, and some of the people that that made it to this year, thinking this would be the end of it, maybe close to the end of last, like and last you, year, and you budget accordingly. Yeah, you use your money accordingly. And now you're like, well, if if the first let's say third of this year's is looks like it might be a write off already, then if you've just made it to the end of last year, it's just like, well, now what? You know, I made myself just to, to make your life more sane, more sustainable. Like I made just this past week with my wife a year and a half plan. So not two years, just in a way that you have to do that in this way. It's like, okay, you're prepared with everything is going to happen. And, and, uh, was, a telling you before, it's like, I just, and I also, you have to be positive. You can, there's no, <laughs> I'm tired and put like the, the energy where like there's a negative that that's the fact that's where it is. And we have to keep going and make ourselves sustainable. That's really the, the word here for business, not just for restaurant. And, also looking in the future, how a restaurant, in case something like this happen again, how can we be sustainable? And it's interesting. I, you're, oh, go ahead. I, know, I was just going to say, I got to give you credit for the first virtual thing you did. If it was early May, that was, you know, what, about five weeks? Like the first week, everyone just paralyzed yeah, in fear. Weeks, and then yeah. it was about five or six weeks, you know, five, after that, that you, you got up and running virtually. That's quick. To, to make that, that transition that quick to that, it's, it's actually it's it's pretty good and i guess over time you probably like ourselves like why we've we've reached out to you multiple times is um you just have clientele now that know you so there's some loyal clientele that are trying to come back to you in, in whatever way shape or form works right and i think this is a, a part of a business too then you start to understand sometime i said like my business is a personal business so it's based uh, based on me right people come and uh, so sometime during my business time, I said, oh, maybe I should open another one or do you go through this. And this time I said, luckily, I didn't do that in this case. And it's a personal business. Also, the personal relationship that you build over the years is there is not going away. But that's one of your biggest fear, because the first month uh, I'm used to be booked myself for like six, seven, eight months ahead. And uh, sometime even for Christmas time, a year ahead. So for one month, you received zero email. And so as confident as you can be, you, you actually, but uh, I just want to share maybe something that, I, uh, uh, because I always uh, promised to myself that I, I wouldn't put myself down in a way that, uh, let's say it's a moment that you're struggling and someone comes to you and, uh, and wants to do a party. And so you lose a little bit of confidence and you end, usually you end up like no charging enough or maybe trying because like a little bit of fear. But uh, it was good because I got that lesson there with my first gig. So my first call was someone. So there was some excitement. Oh, my God, my first party when someone's home. I probably, I didn't even know. I forgot, Because that's, I started also as a kind of personal chef, go people home have, having a party. So I did that up to three, four years ago. I was doing both, supper club, kitchen studio, and this. And then in the last three years, I only be doing a private event. So it was my first one. I didn't even know how to charge. So I really undercharged half of it. It was a hell of a work. <laughs> it was a, sorry if I can say that the client you was a pain in the ass. Yeah. It was a pain in the ass, right? Like, and then. Oh, and, you got to do some. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was like, man. And it's like, so the guy then calls me. It's like, uh, can you also bring the plates? And I say, hey, hey. Yeah. I said, okay, hold on. Now. I was like, but, uh, but I said, I'm really glad because that was the first. It was like a reminder right away. 
I thought that was actually uh, uh, symbolic. I said that was a remember, hey, by the way, don't put your, your value down because uh, 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 of what you work for, because, you know, this is then what you attract. So it was right away, it was like, okay, this is great that this happened. And like I said, uh, now I do my job as I always do it. I did, I put, I did it. I, I had to wear, it was like an outside party, like so, and uh, what's called, I did the uh, 20 kilometers of walking back and forth with a mask on. I was like almost dying there. <laughs> and, and I said, it was a good learning, but it was also like, uh, okay, this is not the way you need to go. So I learned that right away. And so even in this challenging time, I think it's, it's good. Don't put your value down. Don't honor, your, your, honor yourself. Honor yourself. You must, well, you're using some interesting language. You said, uh, you know, you, you, you changed your price or offered a lower price and then you attract that kind of, you know, clientele. And then earlier you said, I don't know if we were recording already or not, but that you took some time off to just think, I don't know if you said think or just restore yourself a little bit. Yeah. So you obviously believe in taking care of yourself personally, and that somehow has an expression in your life. Okay. Where's that coming from, that part of you? Where is that from? Me also learning, I have to say, even uh, within my relationship with my wife, I always thought uh, the, the best things happened to me in good times. So I met my wife in my happiest time of my life. And uh, when I think when you're in a good place, then you attract that. And so, so an example, 2021 as a plan, uh, more than an economical plan, is that is the, the plan of well-being. Because last year, as much as I wanted to take care of myself, but was cooking year, doing that, like, so sometimes maybe you don't eat so regularly, you don't exercise so regularly. So this year I said, this is the, the year of well-being, so like I want to take care of myself, so then I feel strong and I attract, and I think uh, my business will reflect that. So and uh, so I I'm a believer of that. <laughs> it's advanced thinking. It, it's more that. advanced than you think because it's harder. It's so hard, especially these times when you feel like some things are against you. You have to grasp for everything. Right. And it's something that we learned early on, too. Well, not early on, like we had to go through our struggles and, you know, you, you bend over backwards for people and you're trying to do everything, be all things to all people. And then eventually you're just like, you know what, this is who I am. I got to be true to me and this is what I can do well. And you you realize that you don't need to be all things to all people to be to have the success you need and whatever it is you want to do just to be happy. Yeah, you don't yeah, need that to. Too. Yeah, I have to add too that uh, we give, I, you got to give your wife credit for that lesson absolutely <laughs> wife as you said a lot of failure a lot of work over the years but i think uh, uh, foundation is really important in every way it can be economical foundation emotional foundation so when you have that kind of foundation you can build on that so you can also in some way there's not a shortcut to well-being i found so it's good to well-being but it's not a a shortcut yeah. to anything. Be having the well-being is a pain in the ass too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. so, I know yeah, something. This morning, I yeah. dragged my butt out of bed. I hit snooze twice, which I normally don't do, and I didn't want to go um, and do any exercise. I have a little setup in the gym, uh, in the garage right now, a little gym there, right? I'm like, I don't want to go down there in that cold box and do anything, and I dragged my butt down there to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, mean, I, I know. It's just... Your business, probably, most of like, you know, you didn't just started like you had to go i guess through the failure and then you learn and more and that's, more it, that's every day that's every day, every day. <laughs> it's why it's why we and also with uh you know some of our members we run this thing called the rockstar in our circle it's a membership of investors that we work with and we we share some mindset stuff which sounds maybe ridiculous to people who are first meeting us but we've come to realize that the the, the mindset that we have about all these areas of life 
are the most important thing. It's almost like having the right soil in the garden, you know? And, and I know we've all heard these kinds of analogies, but that's, it, it, it's important. Yeah. Um, Maswa, I want to yeah. ask you uh, something, you know, because we can't travel and stuff like right now, I have this idea that I'm sure is not a good idea, but it's just, it just, I've always wanted to do this thing. If there's ever an opportunity for you to do a local food tour, and here's what I mean. <laughs> I'm just going to put this in his brain. Okay, because like, I don't know what cheese shop to go to in Woodbridge. I don't know what butcher to go to for the best lamb. I don't know where to go to for the wheat that you would buy. I, I wonder if there's ever an opportunity. Because you know when, when Mario takes me up to Woodbridge and he's like, Tom, we're going to go have these bombed some donuts. Bombe. Oh, those are yeah. great. I yeah, know I'm that like, place. Oh my God, I would have never. But Jesus, like, I would have never found this, this place, right? If, if you ever did, I know it's not Italy. But if you ever did the Italian Toronto food tour, I wonder <laughs> if there's a group uh, of us out there. I bet you there would, would be. That would be like, Massimo, book me in because... I just want to know the cheese shop. I want to know the owner of the cheese shop. I want to talk to the owner for, a few. you know, back in grade, you, you didn't go to school here, but in grade school here, we might do tours of like, you know, little Italy or uh, Chinatown or, you know, do these tours and you would get to meet different store owners and stuff. If you got to do that here, I know it's not Italy, but I mean, I would like to go. <laughs> so I'm just throwing this out there. I think it's a great idea. I actually can thought about it. And I think it will be more exciting when Kendall will be, more allowed yeah. and yeah yeah we can't really do it right now but also yeah. since, since we're here like there's actually there was a very uh, popular a uh, few years ago i did the very popular it's still on a uh, uh, article on toronto live so some people google and uh, massimo bruno toronto live there's actually where massimo goes to eat in uh, woodbridge so there's nine different plates and uh, which uh, 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 decided i think was uh, three years ago three four years ago and uh, still now, sometimes I like I refer to that. I say, okay, this is the first one to go. And uh, and uh, the only thing is doing it. If you do a, a food tour like that with me, like uh, you have to lose five pounds before you come. <laughs> on, I'm up for it. Hey, listen, I know I know what that would entail. I well, it's like the ones you did in New York, right? And yeah, I, did, I did one too, like a walking tour with with in Greenwich guy. Village yeah. and a walking tour. You go to the pizza place and the cheese place, yeah. and you get little samples from each place. Uh, I, I love that, you know. That's because uh, you get. Uh, but I think uh, it's a great idea, actually, for about it. And it's funny that you said that. That's probably something to look for in 2022. And yeah. it would be a good way also to experience. You would have to charge the right amount to make it worth your time. It, like it's, it, there's a lot of thought. It might not be a. It might just be a one-off thing to do, almost for fun. That's still profitable for you to do. I don't know, but uh, I would be interested. So keep me on the list. Keep me. On the list. I will for sure. Yeah. I will. Um, and then what? Sorry, I was going to say something completely off-topic. What is your? Um, not off topic, on topic, but just going back to food. Where have you, from your experience, what dishes have you made? There were people just kind of blew people people away. Like, is it the desserts? Is it like the main dishes? Like, what is it that you find is like the one staple that you need to create? So for anyone that's, let's say, having, going to host 10 or 20 people and try to make a dinner for them, what is, is it, did they just really need a, a really good dessert to top it off? Because in my mind, that's like the lasting impression. Like, if you have a good dessert, it's like people can almost overlook other things. No, I, I uh, no. <laughs> I mean, like I think Nick, everything we're not, we're, has to we're be. Not chefs. We're no, not no. Chefs. Yeah, everything like, no. has to be good. I actually think uh, when it comes to a meal, it has to be very well balanced. So as long as I make eight, ten courses, but you have to make sure. Yeah, but how the hell? I can't make eight or ten courses. I can put a two steaks on the barbecue. Oh, you're asking for you what? No, to do. I'm just talking for outside of like a. a like, oh, outside. Sorry. Outside. Yeah, not as part of of that. So from what you've seen, because eight or ten courses is too much. But if someone's hosting something, where do where do they go? Like, I guess I guess what I'm asking is, even through the eight or ten courses, what what have been the top two or three things that you've seen just 
give people this wow factor or what connects people the most to the the, the experience with you? So maybe I maybe I'm changing I think, the question. A bit. I think more like because I would say always give the. Uh, I think people like choices. So uh, I would say if you're hosting, uh, don't just do one dish and one vegetable. Or like, and why? Because sometimes you can add a lot of stress because that steak doesn't come exactly the same way. So when you give them, I won't say 10 cores, but make maybe four or five simple, simple. It can be a slice of prosciutto with some figs, have a, a little burrata that you buy. And what happened, the variety, it's excited to eat, looks good on the table, doesn't create stuff, uh, doesn't create also uh, uh, stress to you. And make sure when you also pick food, this can be food that almost everyone likes it. So in a way, there's always something for everybody. So, so not, my idea, not octopus, because I like octopus, exactly. but not everyone's going to love octopus. Exactly. Well, you can have octopus if you have four or five other dishes. So my idea is like go very simple. Don't make things like too complicated. Things that you can also make it before, but also like have a variety. So have a little bread. You can have like, as you said, some cheese, also like an arugula salad. I just put it out there. You can do one pasta. It can be just a pasta with fresh tomato. Sometimes it doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, what, so one other quick question just about Canadian that I find a lot in Canadian restaurants versus, I guess, the, at least the, a lot of the restaurants I've been to in, in, in Europe. I find here sometimes it's like the, the amount of sauces that we use on everything. It just, it seems to like, Brutal. I'm like, why are there so many flipping sauces? I want to taste the food. Is that like a North American thing? Like, I would say depends which dish it is. So when it comes to pasta, like over sauce, it's pretty North American. In Italy, the pasta, an example with sauce, the sauce should be there, but it shouldn't be floating in the sauce. So you want to be able to actually taste the noodle. And uh, so uh, the sauce is something that we like here, but also uh, when you maybe go into in the restaurant, those are that's where like a lot of the sodium heat. So I'm also believe that eat eat well, uh, but like a food that has to taste good, but after that you have to feel good as well. So the the over sauce, over cheese, I found it's very North American. It so is, yeah, okay. We use like an example lasagna here. Sometimes you go some places, there's all this mozzarella on the top. We use the cheese, but it's to be balanced. It all comes back to balance. So, and uh, even a nice steak for me, the way I do the Florentine steak, again, it's simple. And people say, oh my God, how can I make that? It's like, what, four minutes each side on a charcoal. I don't even put a salt and pepper. I only put it at the end. I cut it, put a good olive oil, salt and pepper. So, and, uh, and you can even make that before. It tastes even better. By how the much way. olive oil are you putting on that at the end? Just a drizzle, right? Like, so if I do a nice uh, Florentine steak, it's like two inch thick T-bone. So usually that's one of kind of my signature dish. And uh, if you make even that before, it tastes even better. And then you can just finish in the oven. The other things too, when you're hosting, makes things that are easy for you. Don't create stress. Some I, so I, go, go ahead. Are you finished with that, that thought? No, go Okay. Ahead. If one other question is, is the steak that got me. Because recently I, I've looked to do this and I wanted to, I was going to buy new pans to do it. Because I'm like, the way I know in the restaurants often, I guess you probably cook the steak the same way. Is they either grill it or they sear it in a frying pan and then they put it in the oven. I don't know, Tom, have you ever cooked steak like that yeah, before? Yeah, I have. So uh, I never have. Oh, I'm a cast iron. Yeah, cast iron. Yeah, I have, cast iron. I have so I should start doing that? I have a cast iron pan. Yeah, so I was going to get one. But searing, and then you put the thing in the oven after? Yes. You can pull it up with the handle, yeah. No, I know, but I've never cooked a steak like that ever. So I got to try this. That is that. That's the way you're supposed to cook it. I just always grill the thing. Uh, you can do it either way. Some people uh, sear it, Massimo, I mean, and sear it, and then take it to the grill. Yes, you can also do that. But uh, depends what you're looking for in a steak. So I, I'm a charcoal lover, so I like to taste that kind of charcoal. But 
sometime also in particular in the winter ammo i don't want to go and light the charcoal so i think the cast iron is the best what's important the cast iron that the steak is a really good quality so some tips that i can make to make cast iron is like make sure the meat is like a room temperature and uh, and then it's like kind of a medium hot make sure sometimes if it's super hot you put butter can burn so you gotta be careful sometimes if the steak has a, a lot of fat you don't even need to put anything so it cooks in its own fat and so you cook it usually usually i would say it depends how thick it is but a couple of minutes each side so but if you put it in the oven with the cast iron do a couple of minutes sear it turn it maybe just a minute or so and then you put it in the oven 400 or so but make sure that uh, because once you flip it only one minute is enough because then it's still grilling inside the pan searing sorry inside the pan so usually six seven minutes and then uh, oh got it so that's where i've screwed up you're only, you flip it and only sear it for about a minute because it's still going to sear when you put it in the oven yeah because it's still in the in yeah the, of course in the cast I mean, iron. You, say, you seem so logical when you say it <laughs> but what's called then the six seven minutes and depends then how, uh, i always say with the steak is better less than more always try to go less yeah because you can always put it in more if you need to right exactly and uh, and the good steak and then of course let it rest and uh, you can put salt and pepper before, or you can even put it after. So uh, This is my New Year's resolution. 2021, I'm finally going to sear on a cast iron skillet and put and cook a steak in the oven. Yeah. Wait till you, you're going to get a I'm workout 30. from just dealing with the cast iron. No. When you pull up a cast iron pan, frying pan, it's like, it's, it is a heavy thing. And then when you clean it afterwards, you can destroy your whole kitchen. Hour. You'll destroy everything trying to clean. You, you move that thing, it'll dent your sink, that thing. <laughs> it's But uh, once you get the, it's got a, a better flavor yeah yeah but, but if you have a pan that can go in the oven too you can also do it without so i would say see if, first if you're into it because sometimes we buy the cast iron and then it's, we grill one time and yeah. that's it yeah. now it's like you have this uh, 700 pounds pan in the, yeah. in the kitchen and yeah. you got your your wife and then even cleaning it even cleaning it household you never use soap on the cast no, iron because no. the soap will absorb in so you exactly. just a bit I, I just a bit of water with a bit of a wire brush to try to clean it yes up and, and just like you can put a little bit of olive, olive oil like uh i was doing coconut oil i was lining it with coconut oil uh, also like, coconut i just i'm afraid maybe if you grill a steak you might gonna taste that. yeah i, I know. know you get that coconut you don't yeah, want it's like yeah. basically yeah. olive oil is just the cure to everything yeah it's, it's just <laughs> above 350 degrees i think the olive oil what's the word when it gets too hot like it's it's and gonna op, burn isn't it oxidation Oxi yeah. uh, uh, what's called the why the 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 burning point yeah so yeah. then becomes toxic so uh, even talking about olive oil is excellent for frying by the way because the 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 burning point is a higher than maybe a vegetable oil that you buy so when you fry people have this misunderstanding about fried food fried food if it's made with good oil and the oil doesn't really burn rich point is actually it's we we laugh because like I, I drive by restaurants sometimes. I'm like, Tom, look at that restaurant. And they, 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 there's this big sign saying, we use 100% canola oil. Yeah. Like it's like a good thing. And we're like, yeah, no, I'm you always should. like, oh my gosh, don't even, if you're using that, please don't advertise yeah, you're you using that. Some, it was like, it's like a, a steaks at some steakhouses. They don't do this as much anymore. But it's like, it's a hundred percent grain fed yeah. steak. I'm like, okay, like don't it's add It's 100% beef. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sustainably I, sourced. So, okay. It's like, you know, it's a, but the, well, good, good beef does make what's called a, a, a difference like in terms of oh sorry if you're making the, the the cast iron in that case it's really important the flavor of the steak because on the charcoal you can hide but the, on the seared steak i think uh, you can really taste it like you know if it's a good steak so what, is there a there's this little fish that we always eat over in croatia i don't know what it's called oh, yeah. in canada i don't know if it's smelt or what but they're not sardines but like they're this big and then the way they That's cook wrong. them is it smelt and they cook them like 
they put a tiny little dusting of like flour on yeah. them and they just they just I think they're just cooking them for like I don't like know how fry. short of time mm. and I get them like a plate of french fries I might get like 30 of these things yeah. I, and Nick see me do yeah. this I will sit there with a glass of wine yeah. and I'll eat these things like french fries yeah. for lunch it is the most beautiful fish I'll ever you eat the little bone because it's a tiny little you bone. eat everything I eat the everything. head and everything. everyone's everyone's looking at me you're eating the head and the tail I go yeah. I'm eating everything yeah. I'm stuffing these it also things. helps that you have two bottles of wine too well, so. I start when I when I start with no wine but then it helps after and you buy the beach that helps a lot oh yeah then a nice espresso after talking about the, the experience yeah yeah you know yeah, like, that's true it's true when you're looking out at the view maybe if you order those to the restaurant yeah. next door years like uh, yeah yeah but do you ever uh, I, I never really see that on the menu here anywhere do you ever do you ever cook those or no yes I do Actually, it's a it can sometimes uh, can be like even mini anchovy or like smell. Sometimes also you can use a stickleback, the small one, or mini sardines to do that. So okay, they mini, don't taste. Mini di- do they, they don't taste different though. Uh, they mu- yes and no. In a way that uh, sometimes I get them like they're nice and fresh. Sometimes uh, sometimes it's even better to get them frozen. It's better that some sometimes frozen. It's better than... Because uh, it's preserving than, than, the freshness. Because sometimes they're fresh frozen. So sometimes yeah. even sardines, I prefer to use them uh, frozen sardines. They've been fresh frozen instantly. Other than fresh for a few days or you know, however long. A lot of the fresh right? one has been previously frozen. So okay. sometimes we don't know. That's why like some of the fish... Sometimes better. I, I got to tell you something. When I first started eating fish like this again, because growing up, our father used to make this fish. But then we went through a big period of time where we didn't eat it anymore. I couldn't find it anywhere. And so my son's in a soccer tournament in Queens in New York. And we go there. And I just started eating these fish in Croatia. And, and we go to this. It's a Greek restaurant in Queens. And they have these sardines on the menu. And I, I thought I was eating like sardines in Croatia. I didn't realize it was smelt. Like I didn't, I don't know the English language. Like I know how to order them over there. I, I honestly, I didn't even know the English language yeah. here on how to. So I tell this waiter, oh, I know this fish. I eat the thing whole, no problem. I, I can't believe you're serving this here. Please send it over. And he sends them over and they're this big. So they're like, they're four times. But then I've already made a big display of how I eat these things. So, you ate so all I eat the whole thing. Oh, and the waiter comes by. Carol's looking at me. She's like, are you okay? And I'm crunching on these books. And I'm just thinking, I don't think this is right. And the waiter comes by and goes, I mean, I've seen some people do what you're doing, but not really very often. <laughs> Which means no one. <laughs> and I just immediately stop. I'm mm-hmm. washing it down with all this wine. Like, like, what am I Uzo, doing? please. That's what you get, <laughs> yeah. Uzo. Yeah, yeah. And, and for sure, this guy's like, I got some maniac on the outside. <laughs> so embarrassing. No, but no. anyway, that's how you learn. See, that's... Uh, yep. Uh, sardines are good, but not with a bone. No. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're really I know small. that definitively not totally. <laughs> but uh, w- w- one, one, one thing I want to ask you. Your parents... Uh, are they in? Are they alive anymore? Not alive. My uh, my, my father passed away uh, uh, 1988. Like my mom, uh, she's uh, she's alive. yeah she's alive. She's alive, yeah. and uh, you know I guess a lot of what you're doing is coming from your your family. There, you still have family. Yes, other than so your my mom? mom, my older brother, and uh, and most of my cousins, my hands. So I have a good part of the family cousins here in Canada as well, because my family was immigrated here in Canada in in uh, the 60s. But then they went back in 1970. So I was born in Italy. Both of my brothers were actually born in Canada, but they grew up and live in Italy as well. So and uh, so it's a so I got a big fan. I, I have half here, half there. Yeah, but you're really, like bridging the gap. You got the, you're in between two worlds here, and it's we the get the best to benefit. of both worlds. We get to benefit selfishly. So thank you. The best of both worlds. That's actually my. Uh, my favorite uh, way to look at it is like it's the best of both worlds because sometimes people oh but in Italy like that oh but 
I said, I like both. I like Canada, I like Italy, and uh, so I like both for different reasons. So what about for this year then with, with you? Like the, the virtual stuff is available. You're do, still doing that. And then I guess there's going to be outdoor stuff provided you, you're able to do it the, similar to last year. Is that the plan? From the outdoor, yeah. The one they organize the outdoor, I don't think I'll, uh, it'll happen because uh, I rent an outside space. I don't think it will be available this year. But I'm doing uh, my next uh, virtual supper club next week. I'm doing Taste of Rome. So Roman food. So it's excellent if you're not vegetarian. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, then I'm also doing a night of Valentine's Day, so another virtual supper club. So that will be a popular one. Those are on my website. And then I'll be scheduling up to May more virtual dinner uh, Are you club. delivering the food or do you pick it up? We How's actually it? deliver. So And the that, geographical area, like where will you deliver to? We actually do a GTA and uh, up to Oakville. Uh, we also actually expand. We also do some deliver like in Hamilton and Barrie as well. So we actually... we. We became like a career company even in December. It's something that we had to learn. And uh, and uh, so, yeah, we, we actually can deliver even like a little bit far. And uh, and up to May, yeah, we'll do virtual. And then also a little bit of wait and see. But the summer probably will mainly focus like outside events. So And that's what a lot of people I think will be doing. Like if you have a celebration doing something. I think the the safest safest way, best way right now will be if you have a nice backyard, that will be the place. Because even in restaurant uh, or like even a party, if you wanted to celebrate, I think we'll have some kind of psychological pressure to 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 even like socialize. I yeah. think so. Even if it's allowed, we'll we'll it's, we'll be finding a reason in the place to somehow book you Massimo for for something. We we uh, we have to. Just this whole conversation is making me freak out. Just listening to this, just thinking about your food. I'm already. I don't know if my wife will listen to this or not. But you've said Valentine's Day. I'm going to go on before this gets released. I'm going to go on Absolutely. and book a couple for Valentine's Day. So that's actually it, on the Valentine's Day on the Sunday. Yes, it's actually on the Sunday. Yeah, because yeah, I looked. I just looked up the date to see when it was. So, um, but it's that's a, and that's great because it can. It's it's Family Day weekend, isn't it? Then yeah, so we can do it and we can enjoy some wine and have to wake up on the Monday morning. Early. So absolutely. this is great. That's the great part of uh, the, the. And the, to book this the, with you, that's your website. Massimo. So you go to my website massimobruno.com, and then there is a, a a page. There's a, a virtual supper club, and there's always the upcoming events there. You click there, and then you you buy tickets. Tickets are sold by pair, so one ticket is two people. And the uh, food gets delivered. Then we send a Zoom link the day before. And on the Zoom link, we see you talking about the food. That's how yes, that works? Yes, I actually uh, moderate the night on the supper club they organize. It's me and my wife. Actually, this has been a good a good part of uh, doing the, uh, the supper club virtually. I get to spend time with my family. I get to eat the food that I make. Because <laughs> <right? laughs> yeah. that doesn't happen. And I get to drink. And, uh, and uh, so it's me and my wife. That we moderate uh, uh, the night. And everyone... We'll ask uh, questions, so we're really... And there's also been a, a very... Uh, uh, a group that's coming back almost each one. So almost cr- I found another family and nice. <laughs> and friends online. So it's been a, a positive uh, experience. So. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. Massimo, thanks for having this talk. Oh, thanks thank for you. doing what you do. Thanks for opening your place in Liberty Village and hosting us. We'll be booking that Absolutely. when, when so we always can. Always be open for you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. We really appreciate you sharing your story. It's just a, a pleasure. Real thank pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You. Thank you. So it's it's MassimoBruno.com. If you, if you reach out to him, you know, uh, make sure you mention that you heard him speak here so he knows. And if you're interested in that local food tour, I'm trying to build demand. Yeah. If you're interested in that local food tour, you let him know so that he knows.
he knows there's more of us out there. You're going to get calls from 20 different people in Woodbridge yeah, saying, yeah, hey, look, I'm going to give you like the Woodbridge gonna, tour myself. Yeah, we don't yeah. want these people coming to our cheese shop, yeah. Massimo. What are you doing with all these Well, the tours? rock star food tour. I like that. <laughs> yeah, we're in. We're in. Thank you. Thank you, Massimo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Massimo Bruno. You can get more from Massimo by going to his website at MassimoBruno.com. That's MassimoBruno.com. We will link to it in the show notes of this episode, which are available at RockstarInnerCircle.com forward slash podcast. If you want to come to the next Your Life, Your Terms event, it's a virtual affair, of course. You can get information and buy a ticket for that at www.YourLifeYourTermsEvent.com. That's it for now. Until next time, Your Life, Your Terms.